good morning. My name is Keaton. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm excited that you came out uh, this morning. How many of you were excited to see the snow fall last night? Raise your hand. Excited the snow fell. How many of you were excited that it was melted by this morning? Yeah. How many of you are in both camps, like it was just enough, and then you're glad it's gone? <laughs> All right, yep, a few of you. Well, we're a house divided at my house. I was really excited to see it melted. My wife was a little bitter about it and always is, and so I wasn't really sure she was going to make it here this morning. She's just really upset that, that the snow's all gone. Maybe would have been one of the only people to not come to church because the snow was gone as opposed to sticking around. And if you're wondering, yes, I will pay for those comments I just made <laughs> later. So we are continuing in our series, Keep It Simple. Um, we want to keep things simple. There's no reason to make church complicated. Um, and part of this sermon series is to drive home again that it's our mission to help people find and follow Jesus. We can do that in a simple way. It doesn't have to be terribly abstract. It doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, the, the three things we're making a big deal about in this series are worshiping, serving, and connecting. And today we'll be talking about connecting. I couldn't help myself um, over the last couple of weeks in thinking about not making things complicated. There are a few things that came to mind, and, and I just needed an outlet to share them. So there's going to be some images on the screen for you guys this morning. I can't think about complicated without thinking about Math Lady. She just looks like she is overwhelmed, right? And that's not the look we want on you guys' faces as we talk about church and keeping things simple. Next, this song has been in my head, and I just needed to get it out there in the open so that it will go away. If you're not familiar with it, I don't know that you're missing a whole lot, really. But <laughs> anyway, I needed to get that out of there. Why do you have to go and make things so complicated? Uh, last week, Pastor Nick talked about, um, Avery said that math is complicated. And so I thought I'd give you, throw you a little bone here. This guy found a way around it, right? His, he was tasked with found, finding X, and it looks like he did a pretty good job of it. I'm not sure any math teachers in the room if that's worth partial credit or not. Um, I don't know. Uh, the next one, this, this rings true, right? Yeah, just why do you have to make it more difficult than it is? Two plus two is four. Thanks, algebra, for introducing alphabet into numbers. And then I'd never thought about this one before, but I saw this and thought, yeah, my whole life I've been eating, pre I like pretzels. I've been eating pretzels the wrong way. The stick pretzel is uh, given the wound up pretzel. Is that what we call it? The original, the OG pretzel? Kind of the, the stink eye a little bit, mm -hmm. which I was not trying to give you mm -hmm. earlier. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. Uh, the, the pretzels are a mess when you got little kids, though. So that's where my mind goes to is picking up after little kids. So I like the stick pretzel. Yeah. Get more of it just in your mouth. There you less go. crumbs. <laughs> oh, there you go. That one was free to all of you guys. We want to keep things stick pretzel around here at Holland Chapel, okay? <laughs> we want to keep things simple. There's no reason to overcomplicate church. And, and as we talk about this, I want to get into the Word of God. We're going to be reading uh, from the letter of 1 John. If you want to take your Bibles, turn there, open your device, and get to 1 John. That's where we're going to spend our time this morning. Um, it is uh, thought to believe that John wrote this letter to some churches who were working through some complications, okay? Um, and so we'll look basically at his introduction this morning. 
but he, he was trying to settle some complicated issues, and that's, that's why he wrote this letter to these churches. Now, the church is the body of Christ, and it's, it's people. It's about people. It's about relationships, and relationships, they just make things complicated, don't they? There, there's no way around it. Relationships are great, and they're wonderful, but they do sometimes make things complicated. We want to keep things simple. Uh, and so what we do around here to try to keep things simple is we want to encourage our people at Holland Chapel. If you're part of the body of Christ, part of the church at HC, we want to keep things simple and encourage you and spur you on to worship, to serve, and to connect. And like I said, this week we'll be talking about connecting. Let's see what uh, our writer has to say about connecting in 1 John chapter 1. Verse 1, he says, We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our hands. He is the word of life. This is the one who is life itself, who was revealed to us, and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the, he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. Verse 5. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And, and we are so thankful for the Word of God. Um, but Keaton, if you could, uh, give us just a, a, a picture of, of what this looked like for the original readers when they received it. Could you tell us a little bit about the historical context uh, of, of this written letter? Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, we believe that John, the apostle, the one that Jesus loved, wrote this letter. And that's based on a couple of things. We see a similar writing style in 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, uh, the book of Revelation, the gospel of John. The, the writing style is all pretty similar, and we'll get into a little bit more of that later. And then for millennia, it's believed that John wrote this. And so it's not something that we just kind of haphazardly throughout the history of the church thought, well, we'll say this guy. I mean, it, it has been thought that way because of some uh, technical writing style things and because the church has believed that for a very long time. And, and, I and think it's called First John. That. Yeah, and it's called First John, so we can't discount that either. Uh, so that's, that's who we think wrote this. Um, when was it written? We're, we're not really sure. Um, there, there's not a, a long lot of time evidence. ago. Yeah. A long, long time ago. Quite a bit, quite a bit back there. Um, probably John was older when he wrote this letter. Um, and then who did he write it to and, and where were these people? So John was likely overseeing a network of, of small churches 
in Asia Minor. And so he, he would have been writing this to that whole audience. So it's very likely he wrote this letter and then it circulated from church to church in Asia Minor. Um, why? Why in the world would he write this? That's something we don't have to do a lot of speculating about and we don't have to go to a lot of extra biblical sources to find. I mean, he says, whether we know for sure it's John or someone else, the purpose of his letter in the letter. And so if we'll look... In chapter 1, verse 4, there's, there's three different reasons why this letter was written. 1 John chapter 1, verse 4, he says, We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. And then if you bump down uh, to chapter 2 and verse 1, he says, My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. And then over in chapter 5, verse 13, Chapter 5, verse 13, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. And so that's kind of the background of this text. And, and like I said, there's some extra biblical thought and resourcing to get some of that information. But the why for the letter is plain. Uh, John wrote it for those three reasons, to uh, restore joy for the people to fully share in the joy of, of the apostles, um, to warn them and to keep them so that they might not sin, and then to assure them that their salvation is, is a done deal. It, it's the real deal. It, they have that, and they can know that they know that they belong to Jesus. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, good stuff there. And if you can now, just walk us through. So we read verses 1 through 7. Just walk us through uh, what God's Word is clearly saying here, the, uh, the meaning of this text. Yeah, absolutely. And it's pretty self-explanatory in a lot of ways. Um, verse 1, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. Man, that would be great to say that for ourselves, right? He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us, and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. So John here takes a moment to kind of affirm his apostleship, and he, he writes in the the plural form, we, he, he's speaking on behalf of himself and the other apostles of Jesus. And so, okay, big deal, why would he do that? Well, he was an apostle of Jesus. He had firsthand experience with Jesus. He saw him. He heard directly from him. He touched him and walked with him daily. And so John is someone who's worth our while to listen to, is what he's saying. And then he talks about how Jesus was... From the beginning, if you're familiar with the gospel of John, it says that the word, in the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God. If you bump down a few verses in that gospel, it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So you see the similarity in writing styles there. And then we, we tend to believe that this must be John because they're similar. And John's saying, Jesus is a big deal. He has all authority. I walked and talked with him. So it would do well to take heed to what I say, not so that he can puff himself up, but to make much of Jesus and then be able to forward on the teachings of Jesus to this group 
of people. So, so f- the first few verses we're reading here in this letter, you're saying, are very similar to what we also read in the first few verses, the Gospel of John, exactly. how it describes Jesus. And then uh, what jumps out to me as we read that we saw him with our with our own eyes, so we saw him and heard him. So it's kind of like if we were to describe an event or experience we had today, and we're like, we're not just talking about something, but we're saying, look, I was there, I saw it, it was incredible. And that's what John's doing right here. Absolutely, and it gives so much weight to what he has to say, right? Like, why would we not listen? He was there. I mean, how many of us would just love to have been present with Mm -hmm. Jesus Mm -hmm. in his earthly ministry? And there's reasons we have a greater opportunity in our time and place, but that's another sermon for another time. We, we would do well to listen to what he says. Uh, in verse 3, he says, we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have what? Fellowship. So that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship's a really important word here, and, and as good studiers of the Bible, we see it happen. It appears four different times in these set of verses. And so um, what John is saying here is these apostles, they share the gospel with this audience at Asia Minor so that they can have fellowship together. And they can have fellowship together as they convey the truth of Jesus Christ. These people Their lives are changed and transformed by Jesus. And so they share in fellowship with Jesus. And because of that joint fellowship with Jesus, they can share in fellowship with one another. Uh, Fellowship, uh, you you did. I I had to get the highlighter out for that. So it's four times in these few verses we read where we we read that word fellowship. And the the Greek word for that is, is fun to say. Koinonia, and 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 it's talking about that life together, that close association we have, and that's an incredible thing that we can have a relationship with one another because, like you just said, we have a relationship with Christ. So we're united to Him, but we're also united with one another, and that's a pretty sweet deal. And that that makes you guys special to me, and I hope it makes me special to you too. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely, it does. Um, We go on in verse 4, he says, and we've touched on this already, we are writing these things to you so that you may fully share our joy. So without getting way into the weeds here, uh, there was, like I said, some complications in these churches. There was some stuff they were having to work through. There were some problems arising. And John's wanting to deal with those things in hopes that their joy will be restored. And so he wants them their joint fellowship, their joint relationship, their connection with one another to cause them to be able to share in this joy and to restore this joy to the audience that he's speaking to. That's a happy word. I highlighted that one too in here. It it just really jumps out uh, that we might share the joy that he has. Uh, And I want overflowing joy. I want joy like I think the kids sing like a fountain. Uh, That's the kind of joy that I want. Uh, So that's cool. I like it. Happy word in there. Good word. Absolutely. Um, Verse 5, John says, This is the message that we have heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. Verse 6, So we are lying if if we say that we have fellowship with God, but then we go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. And I'll just let that sit. There's not a lot of explanation needed there, right? God is light. 
If we are walking with God, if we are in fellowship with God, we are going to be walking in the light. If we go on sinning and living in darkness, how can we honestly say that we are walking in light, that we have real, genuine fellowship with God? Verse 7, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. This is so good. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So God is light. We cannot possibly be in fellowship with him without, one, living in the light, two, having fellowship with each other, okay? There's no Lone Ranger attitude here. There's nothing honorable or or admirable about being a recluse, a hermit, and trying to follow Jesus It's impossible. God is in the light. If we're going to have fellowship with him, we have to have fellowship with each other. And then thirdly, in order to walk in the light, we must be cleansed from our sin. So all of this is to say these apostles shared their firsthand experience with this audience. And now, by the grace of God, we have a copy of this letter. And so we are benefiting from John's experience firsthand with Jesus Christ, from his words, trying to um, spur on that fellowship with this audience in Asia Minor, we too can share in that because we have this letter that's been penned as inspired by the Holy Spirit of God that's been protected throughout the ages by God through his people. And so we can share in this, and then we have the opportunity this morning to share this good news with you. So Fellowship is a big, big deal. Our fellowship with Jesus is a big deal. Our fellowship with each other is a big deal. And and I really don't know a better way to say it than one of our very own, Kyle Lou Allen, has said before. This is just so good, and it's going to be on the screen for you. If you don't get anything else, take this home today. We have fellowship with each other because of Jesus, and we have better fellowship with Jesus because of each other. Again, we have fellowship with each other because of Jesus. We don't need anything else. Because of Jesus, we have fellowship with each other. And we have better fellowship with Jesus because of each other. He says in there that um, in verse 7, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And we know as children of God The only hope of fellowship with one another is fellowship with Christ. The only hope for that fellowship with Christ is because of the blood of Jesus that was shed on our behalf. And so we celebrated just over a month ago, I guess, that Jesus came. John says it here that he was revealed to us as a baby. He was born in a manger. In the perfect time, the word of God says, he sent his son Jesus. And Jesus lived a life of perfection He grew into a man, and he displayed the signs and wonders of God the Father so that people would know that he was, in fact, sent by God, that he was fully God and fully man. He would be the perfect sacrifice and substitute for my sin because there is no hope for me as I sit in my sin and in death and in darkness. And so Jesus was beaten, he was mocked, he hung on a cross, his blood was spilled for me, church, and for you. 
and he died on that cross. He was put into a tomb, completely dead, no tricks, no tactics. The Son of God died. But on the third day, he rose again, amen? And it's because of Jesus' death that we too can unite with Christ in death. It was because of his victory over death and hell and the grave that we too can step out of the darkness and out of our sin and into the light and into the life of Jesus. It's because of him that we stand a chance. This is the good news of the gospel. And he wants for us as we walk in the light, as we repent of our sins and and turn to Jesus, he wants us also to turn to each other and to live a life of fellowship with one another. True that, true that. Uh, Thank you, uh, Keaton, for sharing that uh, and walking us through this New Testament letter. but help us, help us translate this and apply this today. So we're keeping it simple. We're talking about joyful fellowship. Uh, what does that look like today? How can we practically experience this? We can say the words over and over and over and over and, and it not really affect us. So how can we practically experience this joyful fellowship with one another today here in Saline County? Yeah, so, so the big deal is to to get in that fellowship with one another, right? And we talked about that actually a little bit last week in worship. Of course, we worship the Lord kind of, you know, through our entire uh, schedule, through our whole life, through our whole week. But part of that is joining together. Why? Because there's fellowship as we worship the Lord. Some really, really practical things that we make a big deal about here at Holland Chapel is getting involved in an HC group. So if you haven't already, listen, I, I just implore you, church, plug into an HC group. That's, that's a way that we've set up to connect with people is HC groups. And so grab a connect card in the seat back in front of you. Fill that out today and check one of these groups on here, life group, connect group, growth group, recovery group, and sign up for one of those groups today. That's one of the easiest ways, I think, that you can plug in and connect with someone here at Holland Chapel. Yeah, and if you don't know uh, specifically what group to get involved in, maybe you don't already have, uh, maybe maybe you're you're not sure, you don't have some pre-existing relationships with someone and friendships, uh, then then still check that you're interested and we'll help you uh, get plugged in. We'll help you meet other folks and get connected there. Uh, So I want to walk you through uh, our spring session uh, catalog for HC groups right now. And so these are available on the pub tables in the back. You can see it also through the HC app. You can see these. And, uh, and there's, there's four different types of groups, and it's just kind of how they meet together, why they meet together, when they meet together, that we've got four different types. Uh, but, but, but one is a life group. And these life groups, uh, some of them meet in homes, some of them meet in restaurants, some of them meet, meet, meet here on the church campus uh, either every Sunday or every other Sunday. And they might ha- share a meal together and then just have a discussion that's based around the sermon uh, from that, that, that worship gathering. And so there's several different life groups that you could plug in uh, to. And I think you've got just kind of a, a story or testimony about, about y'all's experience. Yeah, so Megan and I and our family has really reaped the benefits of life groups for years now. And there are countless stories in our group of just 
awesome things that people are doing for each other. The purpose there is to connect, right, and to live life together. But even, I'll just give you the most recent. So last week, um, my wife's job is really hectic with COVID, like many of you guys are experiencing at your work, and it can just be kind of a nightmare. And so no questions asked, just no, there was no option to opt out. We got a text uh, from a family in our life group we're bringing a meal tonight, kind of period, the end. And then I get a text from the husband, hey, what do y'all get at this place? And I was like, that's a weird question to ask. We have very different dietary needs or whatever. Totally went over my head anyway. And so there was a meal there at our house that evening. And that's just that's just a small example of many and um, just just of how life groups are there to connect and to fellowship together with one another. Right on, right on. And then we've also got connect groups. And I'm just going to walk through uh, these different ones that are available right now real quick. Uh, so we've got men's basketball, and that's on Sunday nights over in the Life Center. And if you're a baller, holler. Uh, it's a good time. And uh, Bobby Mansfield is the point person for that. Uh, uh, it's some guys from here, the church, and then also uh, also a lot of guys that are just in the community that, that enjoy playing basketball. So that's Sunday nights. Uh, and then there's women's hiking. They uh, do not let me participate in this, but, uh, oh, man, what a good time. So Jackie Dawson and some other ladies from here in the church, they go on two hikes a month. Uh, they'll be out in the woods for a couple of hours. They get to unplug, disconnect uh, uh, from, you know, from all technology and stuff and just enjoy God's creation. They share uh, a Bible devotion together, and so women's hiking, uh, man, I've just enjoyed and just love seeing seeing that happen. Uh, and then, oh, another one that I'm not invited to, the mom and me mingle. Uh, Sam Jacobs is your point person for that. And uh, a funny story, actually, uh, when our oldest was just a baby, Debbie, my wife, signed signed up for a for a mom's play group, and then her schedule changed, and she wasn't able to make it. So. I have been in a play group before, and uh, mama ain't easy. <laughs> <laughs> mama ain't easy. Uh, true that. And so, uh, but mom and me mingle. Uh, little ones are able to have some fun. If you, if you're a mom, you've got some little ones. Little ones are able to have some fun, and, and at the same time, you get to have some adult converse, uh, conversation and interact with other adults. And so that's a, a sweet place to get plugged in. And then the prayer group, uh, David and Kathy Fogarty and that group there, and they don't just sit in chairs like in a classroom and just uh, pray amen. Uh, what they do is they get out in the community and around the church campus, and they actually go and pray over different uh, organizations, over different people, over different ministries. And we don't want what what education can get. We don't want what good plans we can come up with. We want what God can do. And so, so thankful that we have a prayer group that believes that and is depending upon God. Satan doesn't care about all the different activities we come up with, but he trembles when we pray. And then the last one is men's faith and fitness. This is a new uh, connect group for us this spring session. And whatever whatever kind of level you're at of fitness, it, it's fine. Everybody's welcome. Uh, men's faith and fitness. Uh, and some of your goals, whatever your goals are, you might have a goal to lose some weight. Hey, we just came out of the holidays, ate a little bit extra. So you might have some goals to lose, lose, lose a few pounds, gain some muscle. You might be training for a race. Whatever it is, uh, uh, men's faith and fitness, 
They'll get together face-to-face on Saturdays. And then if you want to get uh, more intentional, there's some stuff that you can do during the week as well. Uh, but you can just show up on, on Saturday morning, get a good workout, interact with Brad Duncan and some other guys there. You'll be glad that you did. And so that's starting up. So that's some of our connect groups. And uh, Keaton, why don't you talk about some of the other groups we got going on? Yeah, and so another set of groups we have are growth groups. And the growth groups fall into this uh, concept that we have of the disciples' path. And so we've talked about this before, but as a reminder, we know that we can't manufacture spiritual growth and maturity in believers. We can't do that. But what we can do as people are fellowshipping with Christ and growing in Christ, we can offer some tools and resources, some things in their tool belt to help them out and help them along the way as they grow in Christ. And so that's the purpose of these growth groups that we have. And last session, we had um, Old Testament survey. This session, we're doing New Testament survey. So if you took Old Testament survey, this would be a great one to jump into next. Also, Old Testament survey is not necessarily a prerequisite. You can do New Testament first. We're not going to haggle you about getting those two things in order. Um, But that's one that we're offering this session that we're excited about. We also have spiritual disciplines for students. And so if you want to get into a growth group or let's say you're serving in HC Kids or even you're here worshiping at a certain time, but you want your student to be in this growth group um, where they learn about spiritual disciplines, that's going to be offered at 9 o'clock uh, this new session as well. And so that could be a great opportunity for you as an adult to plug into a group and your student to plug into a group as well. We're really excited about that group. Um, there's a women's group that's going through the Psalms. This group of women have been studying the Bible together for a long time, and they are praying that their group will grow, and that, that gets me excited. They're studying uh, the book of Psalms, which personally just gets me really excited. It's the song book of our faith, and so that'll be an awesome group. I'm not invited to that one either. <laughs> no. But there, I can't connect everywhere, Keaton, but right. I can connect somewhere. Bingo. We're not asking people to connect everywhere. Just connect somewhere. So on Wednesdays, we have the Gospel of John continuing over from last session. That group meets uh, at breakfast time at 6 a.m. Dan? Oh, well, I, I know they've met at Dan's Diner some. They might meet at some other places, but uh, breakfast yeah. and Bible, that's good stuff. Yeah, good combination. Um, we offered Better Man last session. That's coming back this section, and there was just a crop of men that really benefited from that, so much so that they're going to continue into Upgrade, which is kind of a closed group. That is one where it is a prerequisite to have been through Better Man, but that's how much these men benefited from that that course, but more than the course, just from each other, from the fellowship with one another, they wanted to continue that accountability into upgrade. And so if you are interested in that kind of thing, if you went through Better Man last session and you have friends, family members who you know would benefit from that, man, encourage them to come on and jump into Better Man. We're also offering Financial Peace University And just our family, we went through Financial Peace University, I think the first time we offered it here at HC. And there's a lot of personal benefit for us in that and realizing that we don't have any of this stuff to call our own. It's all God's. It's all his resources. It's all meant to be used for his kingdom. And so we we hold on to these things with an open hand and hold on to them loosely. But in the spirit of connecting, we have friends that have been through this 
this curriculum as well, and we hold one another accountable. So when the temptation arises to go and make a big purchase that we can't afford and and rack on all this debt, we're like, uh, we'll have to talk to these people. And then they'll know, like, you probably can't afford that. <laughs> and so we have that joint accountability with someone else to say, no, we're going to stay laser focused and do what we need to do now so that God can use these resources for the betterment of his kingdom. And then we also have recovery groups. The best way to plug into our recovery groups is to show up for CR's large group meeting at 645 on Thursday. So it's just a phenomenal group of people who want to, to move past their hurts, habits, and hang-ups. It's not something you move past one time, um, but with, with the help of Jesus, we can work through those things together. And then uh, there's a trickle-down effect there of coming to that large group and then going through open share groups and getting involved in step study groups. It's just a, it's a phenomenal ministry, and it's not just for people that have addictions to, say, alcohol or drugs. It's any hurt, habit, or hang-up that you have that you are deciding to rely on Jesus mm-hmm. and the help of each other to work through. And I think we all fall into those categories of having hurts and habits and hang-ups, and so, so everyone is, is welcome there, and that will be beneficial and helpful to everyone's journey with Jesus. Uh, Keaton, were you going to just uh, mention the Disciples Path cards there? I was. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so in the back, we have our new Disciples Path uh, cards, and so these are conveniently sized to be a great bookmark in your Bible, and on there it explains a little bit of what I talked about earlier about what Disciples Path is, and even simpler, what is a disciple? How do you grow as a disciple? And on the back, it has kind of a map of our Disciples Path, and so if you're taking some of these courses, some of these growth groups um, that fit on this disciple's path, it, it just gives you a great way to keep track of your progress and say, okay, well, I took uh, Share Jesus Without Fear when it was offered, and so I've got an, an evangelism class that I took. I'm taking a New Testament survey this session, so I can check that one off and say that I did that. And again, if you fill out all these bubbles and you put a date on there when you started and when you completed, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be a better follower, a more mature follower of Jesus, but it will hopefully, hopefully equip you with some tools to, to help and to supplement what only God can do in our hearts with some things that we can, we can have at our disposal as well. That's right. Hey, Keaton, it's, uh, I've enjoyed uh, interacting with you uh, this morning. Uh, thanks for walking us through uh, this Keep It Simple Connect uh, sermon this morning as we looked at 1 John uh, 1. Uh, I'm going to invite everyone to uh, stand with us, and, and the worship team is going to start coming back up here. And uh, we're going to pray, and then we're going to sing a couple more songs of praise and thanksgiving uh, and worship this morning. Uh, Please pray with me. Father in heaven, what a joy. (laughs) Thank you for joy. What a joy that we can have fellowship with you and we can have fellowship with one another because of the blood of Christ. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and I could go on and on with this. Amen.